It's good to see you all again. Uh, I, I'm so thankful for this day. I woke up and uh, there are all sorts of people on Facebook saying, saying he lives, you know, like Jesus is alive. And I feel insufficient just clicking like, right? You're like, well, I like that. You know, it feels now they've got the other emotions that you can add, but I'm really against those. So I just ignored it. I didn't ignore it because at this at this point uh, in in the, on that day, at this time, there was a lot of confusion about what had happened. No one came to the disciples and said, he's alive. And they said, yeah, we thought that. We thought that was going to happen. See, we, we gather here every Sunday. We gather here specifically on Easter Sunday to celebrate something that is unbelievable. It's hard to believe. And I think we, we, we need to take time to at least remember and acknowledge that is a, it is a hard thing to believe that someone got out of the grave. And if we start there, and then, after we've landed there, say, but we believe it. Then we can be united as a church family. Because you may think differently than I do. You may, um, you may have been raised in a, in a different way. You may have a different skin color. You may have a different first language. You may, whatever. We sit together believing that Jesus is alive. And that unites us. More than anything, it unites us. And you say, well, Benjamin, there's other things. Well, let's stop with the other things. Let's stop running to the other things. And just stand at the empty tomb and say, we are united together. So at this church, whenever you say, well, I want to be a member of that church. What you're saying is, I want to live the resurrected life with that congregation. What that means is we're going to, we're going to do this Christian life together. That when you struggle, we're there for you. When I struggle, when I struggle, you're there for me. We have someone this morning who wants to place membership with us, and I'm going to get it out of the way first because I will forget it later. I get revved up and then just walk down the stairs like nothing's important. But C.J. White, she's from Murfreesboro. She's been coming for a couple months now. And we are just so thankful for her. If you haven't met C.J., um, she is fantastic. She's one of my new favorite people. Um, she gets my sense of humor, which is a rarity. And uh, we're just so thankful for her. And if, seek out C.J. I know you got to beat the Baptist, but I'll, I'll make sure... That you, you have two or three minutes to meet CJ after church. Yeah. She's with us. She's working with us. You know, sometimes you talk about membership as if like we have a golf course, but we don't. We just have, we have a mission. And if you're a member with us, you're joining us in your mission. 
And our mission begins at an empty tomb that is that is unbelievable. And it's so crazy because I think sometimes we get so we spent the last six, uh, seven weeks um, looking into the miracles of Jesus and trying to, to put ourselves in a place where we're blown away by them again. Because we've heard these stories over and over again that we just sort of nonchalantly tell them, yes, this guy was blind and then Jesus helped him. What? No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. But even, the, even like the briefest moment where I say, well, no, he didn't. That's unbelievable. There's a, be honest, the, the Christian part of you tightens up a little bit, right? Because there's movies made about people who don't believe in God and don't believe in the resurrection and people standing up to them. I think not believing in someone getting out of the grave is actually really normal. That's a that's normal thought because most people I've ever seen buried are still there. And I want us to have this sense of, are you kidding me? That happened again. I want, I want you to have this sense of, oh, th- that's unbelievable again. I want you to think that, that that's not what I know to happen but I believed it happened to start in a place of that's crazy. Gives us the sort of passion that we need to, to go past just Easter Sunday. Let's look at the first time anyone ever found out that Jesus was alive. And let's see how they reacted and how that might could inform us. Um, we'll be in Luke chapter 24. On the first day, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, notice it didn't say, and they saw that he had resurrected. What it says is, his body's not here. That's, well, what? Now look, they're still confused. While they were wondering about this, I wonder why his body's not here, they said. Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. I'm guessing these are angels. As far as we know, they're just glowing men. That's all we've got. They gleamed like lightning beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Over to the hands of sinners. Be be crucified and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. You would think that if someone told you, I'm going to die, but I'm not going to stay dead. You'd remember it forever. But there's, there's just a normalcy to life of life, death, the end. That's just how life works. And so what you are expecting when you go to a tomb is the tomb to be filled. 
What you're expecting when you go see the dead is for the dead to be dead. And so they found out that Jesus is alive and look what happens. This is the verse that gets me. This is the verse that gets me. Verse 9. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, the eleven disciples, and to all the others. Can you imagine what that looks like? Door shut. The eleven and the others are in the room trying to figure out what to do next. There's a good chance that all the people that the people who killed Jesus are coming after them next. They're scared. And the door bursts open. And the women run, run in, out of breath. And they look up and they say, what is it? Because if, if, if the, your leader had just been crucified, and then uh, a couple of days later, three days later, there's a, someone busts into your room, panicked. What are you thinking? Oh no. We're next. There's this moment of tension between what happened and them telling what happened that I could just sense in the story. So what? What's going on? And they told them. Now, I, I bet. I bet they didn't tell them like this. Well, we were on our way to get the spices... And we noticed the tomb was rolled right. And guess what? Some angels were there and the angels said, why do you seek living among the dead? And then I said, wow. And then we walked back here, stopped and get some donuts and decided to tell you. No, there's, there's all these women in there just all telling the story. All at once. You, we went in there and the, bo- the body wasn't there and there were angels and there was... Uh, they said he's alive and I, we kind of believe it. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. I would argue that's the first Easter sermon, right? But they did not, the apostles, did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. That's the perfect place to start in following Jesus. I think sometimes we see people who don't believe that the resurrection happened. We see people that don't believe in God. And our first instinct is to get a little defensive and say, I can't believe you don't believe that. I think what we should say is, I completely understand that you don't believe that. It's crazy, I know, but I believe it. It's unbelievable, I know, but I believe it. I don't understand it all the time. But I believe it. I believe that whenever I die because of Jesus' death and resurrection, I will too find resurrection. That death is no longer the one with the final word, but God is. 
and that what I, the sins I've committed will not hold me down. What we find at the empty tomb leads us to something greater, something more beautiful than we could have ever imagined, and it is crazy. We do not believe something normal. We don't. But we have faith that Jesus is alive. And I love, I love that it seems like nonsense. Look what Peter does. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over. Uh, the reason he gives this is that Peter doesn't want to go in the tomb, actually, because that's against the rules. You don't go in tombs. Um, so you, he just he wanted to let them know he didn't really go in the tomb. He bent over and looked in. He saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Well, the women just told you what had happened. Wives, do you feel that way with your husband sometimes? I think we should go turn here. No, no, I don't know. And then your phone tells you to turn there. Oh, yeah, I guess we need to turn there. I told you that! That's, that's what happens. Actually, it was worse back then. You know, if you were a woman back then and you saw something happen, it's all a crime, um, they wouldn't even trust your testimony in court. It's just the way it was. The word of a woman was not considered to be trustworthy. Now, don't quote me on that. I'm just saying that's how it was. I saw some people won't take notes. No, but the, the women come in and they say, they say, he's alive. And they say, well, that's crazy. And Peter runs and Peter's looking into the tomb. And then in the next section, which we don't have up here, there's two men walking home. And Jesus actually shows up and says, where are you going? They said, well, there's some, uh, Jesus died. And uh, some of the women say that um, he's alive, but we're not sure about that. Well, we know what you think. You're going home. No one comes into my house and says, hey, this guy that's dead is alive. And I think, well, I guess I'll just go back to what I was doing. When you believe the gospel, when you believe that Jesus is alive and that and that alone is the gospel. When you believe that Jesus is alive, it should change what you are doing. I think what we got get caught up in sometimes is that we hear the news that Jesus is alive. We hear the news about the resurrection and then we just go on about our business. I can't compete with Sophia walking through, can I? <laughs> she is too cute of a child. <laughs> I'll say it again. The, it's, it's hard to catch one person turning and looking at something. It's easy to catch the whole crowd going, Oh, look, a baby. There's a shift. 
No, we, we hear, oh, there's a red, Jesus is alive. And so we sort of just take it lightly. Oh, yeah, he's alive. And then we just do whatever it is we were going to do anyway. I think a great place to start, I think the reason Peter's whole life was changed by the resurrection of Jesus is because his first thought was, that's so crazy, I don't believe it. To fight, to doubt, to resist the gospel is, if the gospel is told properly, a natural response to the gospel. But that friction you feel in believing that Jesus is alive, once you overcome that and say, I'm, I haven't reasoned it out, but I'm just moving through the doubt. Will, will fire you into a, in a, into a place where you're just... Uh, there's no turning back. I believe something that's crazy. I believe something that no one has ever done except this one guy. That he died and rose again and stayed alive to this day. We don't just say Jesus is risen. We, say Jesus, we, didn't, we don't say Jesus was risen. We say Jesus is risen. We don't say Jesus was alive. We say Jesus is alive. And while the world, the world says that's nuts, I think our response to the world should be, yeah, I know, but I believe it. I can't explain it, but I believe it. And so I will show you his resurrection with my life. I will let let the resurrection of Jesus affect how I live. I will let the resurrection of Jesus affect how I treat my brothers and sisters. How I treat the people who disagree with me. We have such a contentious relationship sometimes with people who, are, who disagree. I mean, if, we, if our base stance is, I believe something that I understand is hard to believe. Then we have this generosity and grace to people who aren't on the same page as us. Yeah, I get it. I get where you can come from. I'm get, I get where you're coming from on this. It's difficult. But follow us for a while. Belong with us for a while and you'll see that the resurrection of Jesus affects people. That's the only thing we can offer you. That the resurrection of Jesus has greatly affected us. And it has changed us into something that we are not. So stand at the empty tomb in awe of how crazy an empty tomb is. Man, we get so caught up in these miracles. You know what I think it is? I think sometimes, like we're so over-entertained, right? Imagine, like, have you ever fell down a YouTube hole? Imagine explaining to your great-grandmother what you did that night. Like whenever you're just like on your phone the whole night. And like your great-grandmother comes in as like maybe a ghost. I don't know. It doesn't need to be perfect. But she comes in 
And she's like, what'd you do tonight? And you're like, well, Nana, I watched 30 minutes of squirrel videos <laughs> and argued with strangers about the moon landing. Well, why? Because it's there. Because I can. Why not? And so we've, we've, we've seen crazy things. It's like, it's like if you had been married to a magician for 30 years, happily married to a magician, the first time he sawed a woman in half, you would have been worried, right? But the 3,000th time he did that, you were just like, well, yeah, that's sort of what he does. No big deal. I don't want to get there with Jesus. I want to be blown away. I want to be, I want, I want on a regular basis to doubt it enough that whenever I come to, whenever I decide that I believe it, I'm blown away. I want on a regular basis to say, I, this is crazy. I have this added thing where I, I really stress out. Sometimes it'll keep me awake for like seven or eight seconds. Which is long for me. That's I don't toss and turn. I just toss. And there will be a moment where I'm like, okay, do I really believe this? Because I think a part of me is a little frustrated because if I quit believing it, like some of you, most of you, if you quit believing this, you don't lose your job. <laughs> right? I would. There would be a moment. So, so I've got to be really invested in this. Like this is, is this real? In the end, I don't know all the time. But when it comes to who I'm going to follow, I have faith, which is different than knowing, right? I have faith that Jesus is alive and it's only, it's only because of the little doubts I have here and there that I'm allowed to be blown away by that. That's crazy. It's worth walking into any room and sounding like nonsense for It's worth being confused by. But when you come face to face with the Savior, the resurrected King, what you will find is that there's, there's this launching of yourself into a new life. I believe that he, that he died, that He was buried, and that He's alive. I believe that. You ever met anybody who believes that Elvis is alive? Those, or uh, there's two, Elvis and Tupac. I don't know where you fall. I'm more of a Tupac guy, so... You know, um, but there's there's people there's people who believe like Christians who believe 
that Elvis is alive and are more passionate about Elvis being alive than Jesus being alive. That's because they love Elvis so much. They're more passionate. They'll give you all these theories and they'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus' resurrection is the only one. Jesus being alive is the only one that should affect us like that. Where we go into any room and say, Jesus is alive. Now, you don't have, if you're, if you're an introvert and you think, well, I'm not, I'm not really like the one who just yells things in rooms. You say, well, here's, here's what you do. Actually, I would argue, never just yell that in a room. But we need to find more times where that's our reasoning. Because if we believe it, we believe that it's true, and it, we believe that Jesus' resurrection and Jesus' being alive affects our life, we need to find where those reasons are. So, you do something kind for somebody and they say, how can I ever repay you? You don't have to repay me. I do this because Jesus is alive. You don't, you don't have to... You, you, thank you is nice. We don't need repayment. Jesus is alive. Why don't you bring me this meal? Jesus is alive. Sometimes we turn those moments into little, these little self-congratulatory rants where we'll say, well, you know, when you're raised by the right people or I was raised the right way, I, I just like giving, you, I, I'm kind. No. Even if you were raised the right way, if there is such a thing, even if you are a giving person, even if you are a kind person, stop taking credit for all that. You are given moments every day to talk about, to burst into someone's life and explain. Maybe if it's not, maybe it might sound like nonsense, but you can explain that you do these things. The reason you're here is Jesus is alive. It's not just a cute story. Actually, if it was written as a story, it'd be, you know, credible men who figured it out way a long time ago. They wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have pointed to the women and said, they're the ones who told us. They wouldn't have said, well, we, we were confused. They would have said, yes, we understood from the get-go. We were waiting on him. That's how men tell stories. The fish were just jumping into the boat. <laughs> but no, there was this chaos about it. They didn't have it all together. They just had a resurrected Savior. That's, that's where you sit this morning. You do not have it all together, but you have a resurrected Savior. You're not right about everything. And you, might, you might even doubt at times, and that's okay. But where we land is, I'm going to follow the resurrected King because I believe that, that, that Jesus is alive. The world says, that's crazy. We say, we know. But we believe it anyway. We know we get up on an Easter morning and we come um, sit in really uncomfortable chairs and... I'm just kidding. 
But we, we sit in a crowded room and be, and be hot and sing songs that we love and songs that we... So maybe you didn't know some songs or maybe there was... We, whatever. We come together and we live this life because Jesus is alive and Jesus is King. There is no better thing to give your life to than that. So if, if you today have decided, you know what? I'm on board with this Jesus thing. The death, burial, and resurrection might sound crazy at times, but I believe it, and I believe it in my gut. And I want to join that Jesus. I want, to, I want to join in that death, burial, and resurrection. We do that in baptism. You want to follow Him with a community of people who are trying to follow Him together. We do that here. Whatever you need this morning, whatever the resurrected Savior is leading you to, listen... Jesus, doesn't, Jesus didn't get out of the grave to just lead you to something normal. He didn't get out of the grave so you could have a ho-hum existence in the faith. You are called to do something that actually takes faith. You are called to something that is difficult. Because if Jesus can get out of the grave for you, you can get off your couch for Him. We are called to something hard. This isn't a feel-good lesson. This is a lesson about following. We are called to follow the one worth following. I believe it happened. I believe it. Do you believe it? Because in the end, that's the biggest question. If you believe, Jesus died, was buried, and then got out of the tomb. What are you waiting on? Why are you following anyone else? Respond to that good news today as we stand and sing. Jesus is tenderly calling me home, calling today.